Abigail Kelly. I'm back with Jessica Hernandez, one of my favorite people in the world. Uh, Very indulgent, very patient with me (laughs) as I talk her (laughs) ear off about uh, things that I really enjoy, like Pamela, which is what we're talking about today. I'm so excited. I'm excited to get back into it because... Honestly, we, we didn't even get into the nitty-gritty of it. No, no, no. In the last episode, we talked about um, the background of Pamela. We talked about Samuel Richardson um, and who's the author of Pamela. We talked about, you know, the kind of history of publishing in very brief terms. Um, but we, did, we didn't really get into, like, the actual plot or the characters of Pamela, which is where the, the story lies. So, yes. I'm very excited to be back and get into it, especially since... You know, it was kind of a shock to see how well this book was set up. The, the the setup just sounds very on point for being something written mm-hmm. when it was by a man. 1740. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so I listened to this, like I said before, on audiobook. It was a 22-hour long audiobook. <laughs> I binged it for, I think, seven hours yesterday. I had I had to finish it. Oh, wow. Um, and that was a lot. And I finished it. I actually technically finished it, finished it this morning. I finished it as I was waiting on a video call for like, <laughs> I think I had like 30 minutes left and I just blazed through it. Um, and I, I'm obsessed with this book now. <laughs> so I want to say, before we get into this, I wanted to, to say I have plans in the future to launch a Patreon for Kingdom of Thirst. Um, and, you know, I was thinking about perks and stuff for the Patreon, and I was thinking about, um, why in God's green earth anyone would want to give me money for a product I put out for free. Uh, and I, and I had a thought. In last week's episode, which for us was actually last week, because this is a week (laughs) between recordings, we talked about how, um, I'm shocked that this book has not had a rewrite, and I was like, bitch, don't ask me to do that, I'm so, so busy. And then I was like in the shower <laughs> later as Where I was all the best thoughts happen. I was I was scrubbing my hair and moisturizing my face and using my little Japanese silicone scrubber on my little cheekies here. Um, I was like, you know what I wish? Like I wish I could just like have someone pay me to write that book because then I could totally justify doing that. And then I was like, Hey uh you dork. Um, so I decided that for one of the perks for, uh, Patreon for our, I think in the, I have all the tiers already mapped out. Obviously it's not released yet, but I think for $5 and up, I am going to release monthly installments of my rewrite (gasps) of Pamela. Um, it's. It's open domain, so I can I can do that. It's fine. <laughs> Don't worry about it. It's published seventeen forty. No one gives a shit. Um, but I and I was the more I thought about it, the more I was like, oh, that's really that's a very fun idea because that's how it was initially published, right? It was published, you know, in in newspapers and in installments. Um, and and that just tickles me to, to think. I, I mean, I don't know how Samuel Richardson would feel about it, um, but it, it, it kind of it made me feel pretty good thinking about that. So um, that's the plan. Uh, if you are interested, 
in that. Um, I'm down. I have a million questions already buzzing in my head about this now. Yeah. Well, I figure that it, it's going to take me, if I'm if I'm doing it in, like, monthly installments, it's going to take me, like, probably a, couple years. A, a year to two years, yeah, maybe, depending on how fast I do it. But at the end, what I would like to do is I would like to do a small press release of, like, a hardbound copy for maybe upper-tier patrons or maybe launch, like, a um, Kickstarter for it, something. Oh, that would be nice. Because... Um, I really struggled to find copies of Pamela. And the nice copies, too. Yeah, not just, like, Penguin Classics. Yeah, when you get to the really older stuff, it's it's really hit or miss. If, unless it's something that's idolized by everyone, sort of across the board, you're not going to get a nice, pretty version of it. Yeah, it's it's tough. I really like the idea of doing my own copy and like you know maybe in the future having the resources to like do a really nicely like hardcover bound uh copy of 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 it and um I don't know I, that just really tickles me <laughs> um and I and I feel like the kind of people who enjoy my podcast uh would enjoy that especially if like it's a book that's now made readable by <laughs> modern audiences I'm um, not to say that I am any great uh you know writer capable of doing more to to what is obviously a very um seminal work um but just i mean even just the idea of like reformatting it so that you know who's speaking <laughs> um like that alone whether i changed a word or cut out certain there's a lot of lists okay let's just there's a lot of lists and sometimes people just go off on lectures about like the proper way to be in a marriage and it's like 10 pages long and maybe we don't need that i'm just saying maybe we don't need that but synthesize that yeah i can maybe can maybe you know kind of you know just a little just a little snip snip here and there um but even if i didn't do any of that if i literally just reformatted it to our modern standards of of literature um and how we read dialogue and and you know i think that alone would be worth it um you know let alone me kind of making the language a little bit more accessible that being said that should tell you how much i freaking love this book (laughs) yeah i i I think you you would be heading up this fan club yeah i may be the only person in the world who's like pamela just me quietly in a corner, Pamela. Um, and everyone else is like, but Clarissa. And I'm like, no, but Pamela. Maybe there's one or two of the PhD people who, who did their theses on a... And if you're out there, get in touch. I want to talk about it. I also have questions. I have questions about certain things in the book that I like. Because now that I'm reading it, you know, I, I was reading it with the mind of like, okay, if I were rewriting this, how would I say that? And there were a couple of things where I was like, Ooh, I'm not sure what quite what he meant by that and like what that would have culturally like I, if I'm going to do this, it's going to take a lot of research for me to like because it's essentially I'm going to be translating it from another language more or Basically. less. Um, and there are certain like cultural contexts and, um, you know, uh, background that I will need to figure out in order to properly translate it um, without losing the core tenet of the text. Um, so. Anyway, I've been, my brain has been all over this for the past couple of days, um, and I've, uh, again, this is not going to happen soon, <laughs> relatively speaking. I mean, in publishing terms, sure, it'll happen really soon, um, but uh, I, I don't plan on launching a Patreon for 
at least a couple more months, if not, you know, maybe another four or five. Um, I mean, it, it kind of makes no sense to launch a Patreon when, you know, it's not, the re- reception won't be overwhelming, right. one might say. Um, but that is to say that I, I will definitely be doing it. And while I'm on the subject, we'll be doing merch releases and there'll yes. be a Discord server and there will be like live streams and like all sorts of fun stuff. Like I've got it all planned out. So um, if you are interested in that, and you want to see it happen faster, uh, force everyone you know to listen to this podcast. Uh, go outside with your boombox and <laughs> and play it until someone tells you to either shut up or link them. Um, and, you know, uh, get, get your dirty grandma on it, because mine sure is. Um, yeah, we're doing a bunch of cool stuff. We got a lot of really cool stuff coming up. Like, I cannot believe some of the cool stuff we got coming up for this freaking podcast. I'm so excited. Oh, I got some... I got some freaking emails this week. I tell you what, um, woo woo! I got I got emails enough to send me running down the stairs looking for my roommates. Let's just say that a lot's coming um, in store for this podcast. A lot, a lot, a lot. So if you want to see us grow and you want to see more of that cool stuff, um, share the podcast. Make sure that when you're listening, you hit follow on Spotify. I know that I think we have double the listeners than we have followers so click click it click it helps the algorithm so that way other people can find it do it do it do it drop a view do whatever anyway moving on we're out of the plug zone okay back to pamela 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 andrews a titular character my my wee my wee little child who i love so much who is not actually a child because she is a full-grown woman but she is still like 16 by the end of this book so like pamela um pamela it's also my nana's name it is yeah my nana's name is pam pamela ah i thought it was just pam no it's just pamela that's what makes me rather fond um but let's dive right in abigail Let's do it. Let's just do it. Let's talk about this plot. Hey, Jessica, can you want to tell me about what you remember? So it's an epistolary novel about mm-hmm. this young woman mm-hmm. who is writing letters mainly back and forth to home. She gets, she loses her, the woman she was working for because she got sick and died or something. And mm-hmm. she's basically being, I don't want to say hunted down. That sounds wrong. But basically hunted <laughs> down. Um, well, by, it's not that wrong. <laughs> by suitors who she does not want to be with. Yeah, more or less. That's 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 pretty much it. the The novel opens with Pamela, this young lady's maid, who is has been taken from obscurity and poverty, and basically raised and educated as a as a lady uh, by this by this noble woman who has taken a liking to her. But the woman has just died, and her son has come to take over her estate. Um, and Pamela is 15 and she's beloved by the other servants. Um, and, and that's where the story begins with this young man returning to, to become her boss, essentially. Um, I, as I was looking to how to summarize this novel, cause it's, it's simultaneously very, very easy to summarize. Like I just did. Um, and also very difficult because I was looking at summaries, you know, sometimes I look at how other people have approached, you know, condensing a story and I got really pissed. <laughs> I got really annoyed because like I said in part one, my 
the impression I got of this novel from how it was described to me at first through Lucy Worsley's um, Great English Romance series and the various, you know, uh, like literary sources I would, who, who quoted it and stuff was extremely flippant and it was very like, oh, this girl is so very pure of heart that eventually she wins over the cad and like gets a good marriage out of it. And, you know, it's like whatever. Like that is true, but also does such a disservice to the novel because it takes all of the weight out of it. And I got so mad <laughs> I was reading all these, like, spark notes, like, summaries and stuff like that and breakdowns. And I was like, these are the, like, most dismissive little, like, let me let me read you the one I got from the Britannica. Oh, boy. Because, and this is, like, the most neutral, okay? Pamela Andrews is a 15-year-old servant. On the death of her mistress, her mistress's son, Mr. B, begins a series of stratagems designed to seduce her. These failing, he abducts her and ultimately threatens to rape her. Pamela resists, and soon afterward, Mr. B offers marriage, an outcome that Richardson presents as a reward for her virtue. The second half of the novel shows Pamela winning over those who had disapproved of the misalliance. That is... Huh. It is, like, so dismissive and also wrong, because... That's just as bad as the little back cover that you read last episode, where it was basically Mm -hmm. saying, oh, she's a virtuous woman. She's just trying to save herself for marriage, which is why she keeps her legs closed. Not because that's like they don't they totally pass by the nuance of what's happening. So to to emphasize what you just said, you are exactly right. Um, I highlighted a quote uh, from page 155. I believe, which is, mind you, this book is, like, 415 pages long in the Kindle edition, so, like, it's, it's, like, you it's know, it's, like, boy. almost halfway there. Yeah, it's, like, it's, like, deep in it. Um, this is something that Pamela says to Mr. B's face. After he has abducted her, after he has imprisoned her, and we'll get there, and after he has attempted to assault her several times at this point. She has the bravery, and also she's 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 just been like she hasn't been eating, she hasn't been sleeping. She like thinks about suicide a couple of times. Like she's like I'm I'm over this. I can't she's do in the this thick anymore. Of it. She has she has the gumption to say this to him. I know, sir, by woeful experience, that I am in your power. I know all the resistance I can make will be poor and weak, and perhaps stand me in little stead. I dread your will to ruin me is as great as your power. Yet, sir, I will dare to tell you that I will make no free will offering of my virtue. All that I can do, poor as it is, I will do to convince you that your offers shall have no part in my choice. And if I cannot escape the violence of man, I hope, by God's grace, I shall have nothing to reproach myself for not doing all in my power to avoid my disgrace. And then I can safely appeal to the great God, my only refuge and protector, with this consolation, that my will bore no part in my violation. Damn. You haven't just, you haven't just <laughs> cut a man down. You haven't just... Like, that's the book. That's who Pamela is. Not this, like, creature who Not just... Not the sheepish little woman. Like, exists yeah. as a virtue lesson. She, yeah. She sounds... You know, she has her head on her shoulders very strong. She's very strong-willed. And, you know, isn't... 
finds a way to keep control of the situation even when she has no control. Yeah. Yeah, the only control she has is over her own reaction and her body. I like how she even said, even if I'm attacked, you know, even if that's taken away from me, he, about her virtue, that she still has control over the situation, that she will control her, the outcome. Yeah. She will at least be certain in that she did everything she could to prevent it and that she is blameless in it, which is such a powerful statement for a time when women had so little power. Um, like, I love that that part where she says, um, I know that I am in your power, and then kind of balances that with, uh, I dread your will to ruin me is as great as your power. Um, like, oh, 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 come on, left it, right, hook, yeah, yeah, oh, Pamela. Um, but it's, it's so weird, because isn't this yeah. guy trying to, like, he he likes her, he wants her. And yet she, she, mm-hmm. he keeps doing mm-hmm. things to, like, harm her. Well, he or doesn't... Or just by chance it ends up harming her? No, so... How you need to... Uh, this, is, this, is a good, this is a good place to, to start with this. Because I think you need to understand who Mr. B is, where he's coming from, what his culture is, and later on his background now you don't get mr b's background until like the last 10 percent of the book where it kind of comes out as this secret of like what he's done in the past and it and it totally reframes why he took the approach with pamela that he did take um and it and and that's a kind of a rough way to do it samuel richardson i'll say because man alive you don't freaking build (laughs) any sort of sympathy until then but i mean and and you don't even really build sympathy after but you understand him um so i did a little character summary for both of them uh for pamela i feel like we we know who she is you know 15 year old ladies made taken from her family at 12 educated as a daughter of a noble lady supremely beautiful and you know virtuous and very clever extremely clever and a great memory um mr b However, we did not talk about very well in the first episode because <laughs> he's a lot harder to wrangle. Um, and I can see how if you're not paying close attention to the psychology of the book, how mm-hmm. by the time Mr. B flips his switch, right, and is like, actually, I love you very, very much and I want to marry you and all this stuff, right? You'd be like, well, it kind of came <laughs> out of nowhere considering you spent 65% of the book tormenting this girl. And I don't know if I want you to marry her. Um if you're not paying attention to the psychology from the beginning, it's he he's the villain. And in a lot of ways, he is still the villain even when you do. But his what, what he's doing makes sense to him. And he's not, in his mind, doing anything malicious. Um, which isn't to say that it is not malicious. But to him, it's not. So, Mr. B is a 26-year-old lord with good standing, quote, of the oldest blood in the kingdom, who returns to his estate at his mother's death. A rake where Pamela is concerned, and in his past, we don't find out till later, uh, he is desperately in love with her and apparently has been for years. So, yeah, that kind of sneaks by in the text. It is implied by him that... Even though Pamela has paid him kind of little attention aside from just, like, really admiring him and think he's, like, a really nice guy and he's really handsome and he's just always been very kind to her and very gracious. But, like, never, ever did anything to make her think that she was even, like, in his notice, right? Um, 
they she has spent the better part of the last three years in his company and if you listen to some of the things he says in in kind of moments that i think get lost um he talks about how like he has been in love with her for at least a couple of years which is she was 12 (laughs) but like we're just gonna we're just gonna skate past that 8 17 40 let's just not we're not gonna we're not gonna touch that but um he he talks about how like they he says they grew up together how can you not trust me we've grown up together right which he means that like you've known me for years i've never done anything to you before i don't i don't understand why you don't trust me to like not hurt you if if i've always been good to you and and i've shown that i love you and i've never done anything to you before um which i mean i he he swings too hard in another direction but yeah okay <laughs> yeah so of course so so to start we're we're getting only pamela's you know n- narration here because you know again these are letters to her parents and later journal entries um and occasionally we get letters in his voice as he has written them because she transcribes them which in the audiobook version he's got a very attractive voice highly recommend um <laughs> But uh, he sounds very haughty. He's just like this, like high class English drawl, and he just gets really pissed off, but in like a really English, like downplayed way. It's very fun. Um, but uh, yeah, he he definitely, from his perspective, he has been in love with her for a long time, and this is his chance, right? He's finally getting his chance. His mother is dead. He won't disappoint her by seducing her lady's maid. You know, she's outside of her mother's protection. So, like, this is this is it. He can finally do what he's wanted to for years. Um, and he starts out his campaign um, by giving her gifts. He's very nice to her. He, he starts giving her things of his mother's. He's like, here's some nice gowns that she had. I'll give them to you. Here's, like, a little bit of jewelry. Here's like this, and and she doesn't think anything of it. She she sends a letter to her parents, and she's like, "Oh my God, can you believe how nice he was?" And her parents write back to her, "Don't trust it. Don't take the gifts. Get the hell Ooh. out immediately. Immediately." They're like, "No, no, 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 no. This man should not be giving you these things. No, no, no. That's not okay." And she's like, "Well, what do you mean?" And they go like, "Sweetheart, like we're really worried that this is the start of this man preying on you." And I. I love that. Like, her parents love her so much. And they're clear from the start that they do not care about anything other than her safety. Um, and and they're like, we don't care that, you know, it'll be harder on us if you come home because we're so poor. Like, come home. Come home, come home, come home. We want oh, that, you safe. That's a uh, unique view. You never really hear that from the parents. Usually they're like, that's a good match. Well, but they they know that it won't be a match. They know that he he just wants to have sex with her. He just wants her to be his mistress at most. And then she'll be ruined forever. She will never be able to get married. Uh, they worry, you know, they're very religious. They worry, like, for her eternal soul. Um, like, what if she has, you know, bastards? Like, all this stuff. Like, there's no way this man, who is a lord, right, will ever want to make an honest <laughs> woman, so to speak, out of Pamela. Um, so they know that it is purely a danger to her. Mm-hmm. to have her be there and plus they they you know where she's like 15 this man is like in his 20s they're like no you were you don't stand a chance get out of there and i'm like yeah yeah <laughs> like mm, mm. um 
to her credit, Pamela immediately goes on the defensive and is like, my parents told me that I'm not supposed to be around this guy, so I'm never, she like, she immediately goes off to, she, she moves into a room with the, um, the head of the household, the like matron of the house, Miss, Mrs. Jarvis, who is like her secondary mother, um, and is like, hey, can I sleep with you? <gasps> because she's worried that he'll catch her alone. Uh, so she's like, hey, can I sleep in your bed with you at night? And, and Miss Jarvis goes like, why do you, why are you worried about it? What do you, what, what? Why do you want to sleep in my bed? Like, whatever, that's fine. But, like, why? She goes, oh, I'm scared of ghosts. <laughs> and, and she's like, mm, okay. Um, and then she she goes out of her way to never be caught in a room alone with him. Um, and yet still, after this length of time, which it's kind of difficult to say how long, there's a there's a line in there that says I have done my best to like avoid you in this in this 12 month since your mother has passed which says that it's a year but then later we get to this point where like she she mm. claims that she is only just now turning 16 which is like much later in the book so I'm not sure about the time here but it's been a little bit and he is he's tried giving her gifts and he's like given her money to like he's read her letters to her parents and he's like oh I, let me see what you're writing, Pamela. And he's talking, he's like, oh, you're so virtuous and you love your parents so much. That's so Ooh. lovely. Here, let me give you some money to send to them. He's done that. Yeah, if if stuff, we didn't right? know his background, that sounds like a predator of any time. If someone were doing, if someone in their 20s were doing that now to a teenager, that's like, oh, yeah. That's not even low-key. Oh, yeah. super high-key oh. predator. Mm-mm. Shit don't change. Shit don't change. It don't change. Um, I'm just, hey, if you any young girls out there who are being the subject of attention of a man who's much older than you and who's giving you a lot of financial gifts and you're slightly uncomfortable but still take them, listen to that red flag that's waving, flapping around the back of your head. Pay attention to that and get the hell out. Get the hell out. That's Abigail's a very experienced and sympathetic advice. <laughs> yep. Um, but... So he, he does this campaign of, like, you know, being nice to her and trying to give her gifts. And she's, like, refusing, but, like, lightly. And, like, she won't, like, be in a room alone with him. And we have this moment where he corners her in this, like, summer cottage that's on the property. I, I don't really – I never understood why they ended up there together. But he – she's there alone, and he, he tracks her down. He finds her in there. And he, he makes advances on her. He, he tries to kiss her. And, and she's like, oh, my God, what are you doing? What are you doing? No, 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 no. And, and he's like, what do you mean what am I doing? Like, of course. Like, of course I'm trying to kiss you. I'm in I, love I, with I, you. Am, he does that thing where he's like, I'm, I'm overcome with lust for you. I must. I simply must kiss you. Let me kiss you. Please, please let me kiss you. As he's, like, holding and refusing to let her leave. And she flips out. a slightly mild version of sexy disease. Yeah. I mean, she. Yeah. Yeah. This is, this is the origin of sexy disease for sure. Um, and she flips out and she's like, immediately is like, no, 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 no. And she tries to run and he realizes that he's fucked up because now he's, he's done this thing. It's out. His feelings for her out. And he's like, ah, ah. So he grabs her and he refuses to let her go. And he tries to pay her to keep quiet. He's like, you know, if you, if you stop crying, just please stop crying. Um, I'll give you some money and just don't tell anybody. And like, make sure you dry your eyes before you go in the house or else people will ask questions. Like, please, please just don't like, I was just testing you. I was just testing to make sure you're virtuous. Here's some money. Please take my money. And she's like, no, 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 
Um, yeah, like, he tries to tell her that he's yeah. testing her, that the whole, he didn't really care, he was just <laughs> testing her. He's an idiot. <laughs> oh, uh, boy. And what proceeds, like, okay, so what, what comes after this? I, I kind of broke the book up into, it, it has, like, four broad arcs, right? The first arc is in the house with him. That arc kind of... The, the climax of that is is when he attacks her, basically. He, he, he puts his advances upon her, um, at, along with his hands. Um, and he, what, what, he is so embarrassed and so pissed off at her that he basically, he fires her. And um, she, she's like, thank God. Like, because basically what he does is, like, he... he goes on a rampage against her at that point where he like every time he passes her in a hall he calls her a slut and a hussy and like he like he's just he's so pissed that she rejected him like he's so so mad and he doesn't know how to handle it so he flips out and he starts tormenting her and like just being really cruel to her and like he jumps out of closets to, to catch her unawares um he 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 like reads her letters he he basically she's just like i just want to go home just let me leave just let me leave and he's like you're fired anyway i don't want you here i don't want you here all the while mrs jarvis is like trying to advocate for her and be like no don't don't let, let her lose her job and she's like please just don't do that let me go like let me go let me go let me go um and Oh boy. So finally he's like, I, I can't stand the sight of you. Um, except you're going to stay and you're going to finish sewing my coat for the next two weeks. Because I, li- I, like I like your embroidery. So you're going to stay a little bit longer, but I don't want you here. And then he comes up with another <laughs> excuse when those two weeks are up. And then another excuse. And then another excuse. And finally she's like, can I fucking just go, please? I finished your waistcoat. I, like, got everything in order. I, I like, sewed myself a bunch of new clothes. So when I go home, I'll look, I'll look like I'm supposed to. Like, all this stuff. And he's like, what? I'm willing to, to take you back if you apologize to me for your sauciness and impertinence. And she's like, I don't want to stay! <laughs> Is, is this the conversation where that quote from the beginning of the episode came from? No, no, that's oh. later. Um, but yeah, so she he like begs her essentially to beg him to stay because he's like, I don't want to fucking let you go. I just hate you so much. Oh, but I love you, but I hate you. Ooh. Um, and she you turned me down and you made me look like a fool. Yeah, and and she won't she won't do it. She won't do it. She won't do it. And so finally, he's like, Fine, then you'll go on Thursday. And and she's like, Oh, really? thank you god bless you thank you thank you she like falls to her knees and is like thank you so much like i really appreciate this and he's like motherfucker god damn it now you're thinking go you really don't want to be near me god what did what did i do wrong i don't know oh god um so so he like She's like, I will arrange my own, like, transportation and everything. You, I, I don't want to put you out in any way. And he's like, no, I'll give you my carriage. And she's like, I don't want your carriage. And he's like, I will give you my carriage. So go home. And, and she's like, well, fucking fine. Okay, God. Um, so so he, he allows her the use of his carriage. And, um, well, his carriage does not take her to her home. Of course. And so begins the second arc, which is to say... Her captivity, because he has her whisked away to his second home, away from all the servants who are her friends and who would have helped her in any possible way they could and tried to. 
Um, and, and all of them eventually lose their jobs because of it, because they all go against him to like write people to like free her and like all this stuff. Um, and he's so pissed that they would all turn against him in favor of her that he, he fires them all. Um, but, uh, he, he whisks her away to this other house. It's like Lincolnshire or something, I don't know. Um, and there she meets her jailer, who is the opposite of Mrs. Jarvis, who is the loving lady in the, in the other house. This one, her name is Mrs. Jukes. I thought it was Dukes the whole time with a D. It's actually with a J. I don't know what that's about. It's a terrible name. But um, she's just like this like matronly woman who also is just like very slimy and like at certain points beats her. Like, oh they, my God. They, she, she's under very strict orders to like... If Pamela so much as makes a move to escape, she, like, is supposed to take away her shoes. She's supposed to search her for, like, communications. Like, she is for sure being held captive, captive. Um, and I – it's a lot. Well, so what was the purpose of this? So she couldn't go home? Yeah. And that no one could help her go home uh-huh. since she's now alone and uh-huh. – why would Mrs. Jukes mm-hmm. agree to this? Because she's being paid. I mean, she's, that's, they, you know, she's his servant. Like, they are being paid to do it. They are loyal to their master. Um, and, you know, she she comes to, a lot of the book is spent, I, I'd say about, like, a third of the book is spent with Mrs. Jukes. And just, like, Mr. B's not even in it for, for a little bit. Because he will not visit her. He, in his great concession, because he knows he's done her, like, he's distressed her very much. He's very aware of how much he's distressed her. That he goes, in a, in a show of, of my, my goodwill, shall we say, I will uh, not visit you at my house until you say I should come. I will not just appear out of nowhere. I will let you invite me, because that is how much I regard your good opinion. Um, so um, obviously she doesn't fucking do that, right? But yeah. Uh, so she so she spends a lot of this time with Mrs. Jukes, and Mrs. Jukes comes to really resent her because to Mrs. Jukes' eyes, she's like just become his fucking mistress. What do you think you are above like other other people who would do that? Do you think that like you're too good for this like man who's gonna offer you a ton of money? Oh, your your virtue means that she has that kind of like reactionary response to. Um, someone doing something that means a lot to them uh, Mm -hmm. because it's kind of like how you and I have talked about this before when I tell people I don't drink and a certain type of person when I say that will eventually get very upset with me because they think by me not drinking they I am somehow casting aspersions upon them for drinking when in reality I ain't give a shit Um, like it's it's this weird sort of defensiveness that kind of comes up that, that their abstinence is sort of a judgment on you. Yeah, like, because Pamela is so virtuous, she is there, therefore must be looking down on everyone who isn't, which she is not. She does not. Um, Pamela, again, is holding her power as close to her chest as she can. And she is a very pious woman, yes. She does fully believe in God, yes. But she is also aware that if she does this, she will have lost everything. And he will have gained everything. When he already had everything. And that's just fundamentally not fair. And she is not worth it. So he should just let her go. Um, what what transpires after this point is 
Pamela is extremely clever and makes several escape attempts uh, with the help of a local parson who is actually under um, uh, Mr. B's like payroll. He's like his chaplain or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. And he he realizes that Pamela is being held captive with the intent to ruin her, you know, eventually. And and so he she's like, can you fucking just help me, please? And and he's like, I'll do whatever I can. So they start like a secret correspondence using like hiding hiding letters under the dirt by a sunflower and like he sneaks her a key and they make a plan and he the only way at a certain point that he thinks he can really protect her is as soon as she gets out they get married because he's like that's the only way i can keep you out of this man's hands because he's too powerful and pamela is super against this she does not want to get married she does not want to get married to this man who would otherwise be an extremely respectable match that she could have never hoped for uh in the past um but he's like He's like, I would kind of just like to marry you. You're very pretty. You're very, you're very pious. Um, yeah. Even though that he knows it will ruin him if he does this, because Mr. B will never forgive him. Um. But they never get that far because Mr. B sends a letter that says, "You know what, Pamela? I'm gonna do you a favor because this clearly means so much to you." And I, I want you to know that I'm not lying here. I'm not. I don't got any machinations or nothing. I do, but I want you to know that I am giving you my blessing to marry my parson, and therefore have a good living. And I will never bother you again. Wink, wink. Because um, as soon as they're married, he's like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be on that shit. Mm. you're never gonna live with that man's um but because he's the one organizing it it's okay well parson williams is a fucking idiot he's a bucket head an absolute loon just so super dumb empty empty head potato sack man (laughs) he's just an idiot and he basically admits to mrs jukes that oh this is wonderful you know pamela and i actually so funny had already talked about this and and we and she goes, Oh really? Oh no. So she writes a letter to Mr. B and Mr. B fucking loses it. Absolutely loses it. And of course, at this point all bets are off. He's like, Oh, you know how I was being nice about not coming unless you invited me? Well fuck that. And he comes and he's like, Mr. Williams, I'm throwing your ass in jail for wanting to marry her before I said so. <laughs> he so he gets him thrown in jail. <laughs> Because he's, like, such a jealous man that the idea of them, like, having actual feelings for each other beyond, like, what he arranged is utterly intolerable. So he gets there and Pamela's like, oh, my God, he's going to he's going to rape me for sure. He's going to beat me. He's going to I don't fucking I don't know what's going to happen. And she tells him I had no desire to marry him. I never, ever wanted to marry him. I said no. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Wow. So Mr. Mr. V, like. He's like, you know what, I'm fine. You're too, I'm, you know what, you're not going to marry nobody because fuck that if you're going to love another man. Never, ever, not my life, no. no. I can't have you, no um, one can. So, exactly. Uh, except I'm definitely going to have you for sure, for sure. Uh, so he, he, uh, <laughs> he writes her this, like, contract. He writes her this, what? like, I, it just, it reminded me of uh, the contract from, uh god 50 shades of gray the like bdsm contract where he's like here's what you'll get in return for like yeah um and 
<laughs> he writes her this contract of like all the things he will give her if she becomes his mistress. He's like, he'll give her a bunch of land. He'll give her a bunch of money. He'll set her parents up. Like, it's a really sweet. He's not even deal offering he's to really marry her. her. He's just offering to be. Well, he he says, if you please me after a twelve month, after a year, uh, I may marry you. Which means that he's never, he has no plans to marry her. Because, you know, milk and cow yeah. and, you know, free and all that. Um, and she unequivocally says, no. No, I will not. And he's like, motherfucker, mother. Jesus, Lord in heaven. God, give me, give me strength. This woman is impossible. <laughs> like, what else can I do to make um, her want me besides be a decent human to her? Well, that's the thing. So after this point, he is so angry with her that he's like, Fine. I guess I'll just have to be nice to you. <laughs> and I'll just have to trick you that way by being a nice person and loving you like I love you in my heart. But that that revelation only comes after this very harrowing scene where he... He dresses up as a maid. And he hides out in her room and because she's sleeping with Mrs. Jukes so Mrs. Jukes can keep an eye on her and never like let her out of her sight, basically. And they've been sleeping, like, three people in a bed uh, with the maid on one side and Mrs. Jukes on one side and her in the middle. Oh, no. And so, yeah, so Mrs. Jukes pins her down as he gets in the bed dressed as a maid and uh, attempts to assault her. Um, and he he doesn't, he, he doesn't get anywhere with it, um, aside from just, like, holding her down and then pretty much immediately realizing, oh, this is not in any capacity what I want to do. Um, and he, and he, like, has, like, a, he fight he kind of freaks out a little bit, honestly. I mean, she has, like, a full panic attack, and she goes into fits, um, and, which is kind of her only protection against him, really, because he finally believes that she is so distressed by, by this and by him, um, that, uh, he, like, fears for her life. He fears that she's just gonna fucking have a heart attack and die. Like, and he's like, that is not what I want. I just thought, he admits to her that he's like, I, I just thought that this is what I was supposed to do. Like, this is what men in my position do. This is, I, I, I thought up until the very last minute that you would just yield. That you would say yes, because that's, 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 that's what, what we do. That's what happens. I, I don't, and he's like, I don't like this. I hate that you are scared of me. I hate that you don't trust me. I hate that I've caused you so much distress. And you, like, at one point, um, she she escapes out a window. And uh, she, this is before he gets there. And she tries to climb a wall out um, because she's that desperate to leave. And the wall of bricks collapses on her and she gets really hurt. And she's just kind of wandering around afterwards, like, really severely injured. And she considers throwing herself in this pond and just drowning. And she considers it, like, she has this whole part of the book where she's just talking about how, like, she just, she, there, she can't think of anything else. She can't. And she's like, I'll know that my soul will go to purgatory or hell or whatever the hell uh, for this. But is it worse than being violated? And, and it's this really gut-wrenching oh. part of the book. And, and when he finds out about this, when he finds out about how she had been hurt and what she'd considered, he feels terrible. He's like, I just thought that this is what a man is supposed to do, um, which doesn't make it right. But I think if you're looking at it from his perspective, men of his class, right, this is his example. Mm -hmm. And 
he, he, he at that point, like, starts to treat her as he wants to treat her from the start, right? Which is kindly and, 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 you know, he still, like, loses his temper with her sometimes because, you know, he's, he tries to kiss her a couple of times even after this point. And she's like, no, don't fucking try and kiss me. And she, and he's like, God damn, God fuck, damn. I mean, it's fine. Um, <laughs> haven't but, I been nice enough long enough? Yeah, it's it's been like a week. What the hell? And I know you're still like technically captive. Is you not over your trauma um, yet? Come on. Yeah, come on. But it's at this point that he starts to realize that he 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 just loves her. He just and he can't stand living without her. That's the whole point of this. That's the reason he's so crazy is that he cannot envision a life where he does not have Pamela in it. And he has to go against everything, every social code, every, you know, he has to go against her own morals to to find a way for them to be together. And that was the way that made sense to him, right? This very narrow, derogatory way, yeah. right? Uh, it was the only way he could think that they could be together, that he could have her for the rest of his life. Um, until she continues to say no, and he realizes that in order to have her he actually will just have to tell the world to fuck off and he will have to marry her. And this is much to her like, no, 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 no. You cannot marry me. Are you kidding me? You can't marry me. Like, that would be amazing. But like, dude, that will ruin you. And he's like, I don't give a fuck if it ruins me. I'm not living without you. Um, and she, she turns him down. <gasps> yeah. And not because of everything he's done, because she forgives him, because she's like, well, what else am I going to do? <laughs> Um, and he's still clearly, like, just messed up about everything, that she's like, you, uh, yeah, okay, like, I, I believe in the goodness of your heart, I think you've just got, like, a bee in your bonnet about me, and it's real weird, um, and so she refuses him, as soon as he kind of starts to broach wow. the subject, and, and he's so upset by that, that he, he sends her away, he says, fine, go back to your parents, go back to your parents, I can't, I can't. And he won't even see her off. Like, he's so devastated. He, he, he won't even see her off. And he writes her this letter uh, as she's on her way, um, which is basically him just being like, I know that you don't owe me anything. Um, and I'm so, so sorry for everything I've done to you and to your parents. But if it's at all possible for, for me, could you just hold off getting married until for a year as if I had died could you could, he wants her to have a mourning oh. period as if he had died because that's the only way he can tolerate it and it's really oh. sad like he's just so profoundly profoundly sad why did my um, my heart just ache a little for this bastard essentially <laughs> I know I know fair. I, this book hurt me um and then as soon as she gets that letter because they like stop at an inn for the night they're about a day's journey away from his house and about the middle of the way to her, her parents' house. Um, and he had instructed his, his, like, people who were escorting her to give her this letter when they stopped and all this stuff. And pretty much as soon as she finishes that letter, a messenger runs in <laughs> with a oh new letter. God. And the letter is him being like, please come back! Oh, no. <laughs> and he's like, listen, I love you so, so much. Please, you're... I know you're only probably like a day away from the house and I I will follow you back to your parents' house if you want me to, 
but you could also just come home. Regardless, I am going to come back for you, though, because I love you too much, and I need you to marry me. And she's Jesus. like, ah, because also it's in her head that, like, this may be a trick. This, this some bitch has been tricking me left and right. This may be a trick. He may be, like, he may do a fake marriage. He may have, like, a, a, a yokel dressed up as a parson to marry me. Uh, and that's a plot point for, for later where she's, like, pretty much right up until after the marriage is done. She's like, what the? Um, and he's like, I love you so much, but you gotta please stop fucking doubting me. And she's like, what? You, you, got, you got a bad history there. Um, got a real bad history, but he, he doesn't, so it's fine. Um, but, uh, yeah, so, so she, she decides that she's like, I think I may be in love with this oh. guy. What the fuck? Because she realizes that, like, for as much as he's done, she has never been able to actually hate him. Right. And, and if you, it, it seems kind of sudden in that light where she's just like, oh my God, do I actually want to marry him? If you look back and remember that Pamela, um, has known him for years, that Pamela has always really admired him. She's always thought him very generous. She's always thought him very kind, very erudite, very, you know, well-spoken. She's, she's always thought he was handsome. Um, and even when he has done all of these things to her, she's still very much like, admires him for his good qualities except in relation to her um she always makes that caveat she's like except in my case he's great um and and then once he starts being kind to her she really softens because she's like yeah i've always been predisposed to you you know you're the only man i know really yeah i i've always admired you greatly and now that you're being kind to me, if this had been, you know, what you started out with, you wouldn't have had all these problems. But you know, yeah, I guess that makes sense. Because she also would have probably never let herself get to the point of love before. Because it's like, mm-hmm. yeah, it's like, it wouldn't have you're been my, my boss's son. I, you're my yeah. super boss. Like, you're my, you're my boss's boss. You're like, so the, like the man, there, right? Like, there's no, that's not realistic. No, it never, no, it absolutely would not have been realistic. She never could have hoped for his love, his love to be profound enough to want to go against every social moray, right? To marry her, this, his mother's lady's maid, right? Like, what? Um, which was a huge deal. Like, no, you don't do that. You don't marry outside of your class. Um, and so she makes the choice without consulting her parents. Right, because she still has to talk to them. She she trusts in her own mind enough to say, "I am going to take this risk because I think that it's wow. worth it." And so she turns back around and she goes <gasps> back to Mister B, and Mister B is like, "Holy shit!" In the meantime, by the way, Mister B has gotten very ill. He's just, like, he's, like, thrown into fits as he's waited for her, and he, like, catches a fever, but really it's just, like, he missed her so much that he, it's only been, like, fucking, like, 24 hours, um, less than that, probably. Um, and, uh, yeah, so he, and, and, and they play on the wedding, and, uh, they, they get married, um, and the last third of the book is her basically having to confront the fact that what they've done is very subversive. Um, and they are extremely happy, but who isn't happy is the only remaining family Mr. B has, which is his sister, who is older than him and extremely pissed 
and she embodies all the worst like in this in this last third of the book she takes on the role of the previous Mm. mr b which is to say that she holds her captive she screams at her she calls her a slut she beats her mr b never beat her but like she beats her um and refuses to believe that their marriage is real and finally it ends up with her exposing mr b's secrets which is that a he has been accused of murder (gasps) and b he had a secret love child <gasps> with another woman, which, which you, th- yeah, you don't learn about this until like Whoa. the end, end, and like, Mr. B, it comes to light, this all makes sense how he treated Pamela, because this is how he went about it before with another lady, and he got perfect results. He didn't have to go nearly so far, because he, he, this lady yielded to him in the ways that he wanted Pamela to, so he had experience, so he expected Pamela to do the same exact thing. <sighs> so... Mr. B's fucking motivations all make sense for why he got so far off the handle. Because he's like, I don't understand why this isn't I, working. If, if, if the listeners could I see know, us, my I head's know. going between my knees. Because I just... Yeah. I... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Secret baby. What? So... It's all in there. I... Oh, and Pamela, in case you're wondering, does immediately want to adopt the child. What? Yeah. I... Pamela's like, that's just a kid. That's your kid. Like, let her live with us. Because she meets her... Sort of like as a planned surprise uh, at this like the the she's like six years old and the they're like at this like no nah, it doesn't matter but she's at a boarding school and they basically Pamela meets these these girls at the boarding school and is like oh my gosh these girls are amazing and he's like what did you think of that one and she's like I think she knows you and he's like ah and she thinks that he's her uncle when really he's her father um, and he then explains that. Uh, the dalliance he had that his sister referred to resulted in this child and um she's like immediately okay well she needs to come live with us that's my daughter now she needs to come live with us she has no mother she's in a boarding school she's six years old she's my kid now she comes comes to live with us now thank you very much what happened to the mother you're saying she lives in jamaica now (laughs) what yeah she was like i'm so ashamed that i had this baby out of wedlock that, like, it's this whole thing. He tells this whole story of how he begged her to stay and, like, he hitched a boat to, like, go after her boat to Jamaica so, and all this stuff. And basically she's like, listen, dude, I just I just want to start a new life in Jamaica. And he's like, oh, okay. Well, then I'll provide for the kid, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, man. This book has got it all. <laughs> I, 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 I... Perplexed. Yeah. By Mr. B. I don't... He's a toughie. He's a toughie. Because you could almost maybe want to justify it if, like, did he really love or, like... He didn't love, he didn't love his mistress. He liked her a lot. He wanted to keep her in his life and he, he was going to provide for her and he was providing for the kid and stuff. But he never, he he was in college when he got uh. her pregnant. And he, he, he did what people of his station do, which is he took a mistress and he got her pregnant and then you do what you do, right? You use hush money, you, like... But he, he wanted to keep her around. He didn't want her to go. Um, she left pretty much as soon as she had the baby and was like, I don't even want to see him. And she, like, outwitted him several times to see him. I really like this lady, whoever she is. You don't really get her name. Uh, they call her Sally Godfrey, but I don't think that's supposed to be her real name. Um, but it is. But she's now married to a man in, in Jamaica. Um, and uh, so she, she, she had a good life, and he paid her a bunch of money. He's like, please just take take all this money i just want you to be provided for right like he's a good man he in his heart mr b is a good man but he kind of hides behind 
these dangerous social construct construct yeah like he 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 subscribes to all of the like the the things that he is told that he should do and he should want and so he follows the script and when the script doesn't work he he gets extremely angry and jealous and he lashes out because his pride is hurt and he doesn't know how to deal with that um and so he he presses on pamela and presses on her and presses on her in the only way that he could think of which is with violence which is not what he wants but it's the only tool he feels like he has because he skipped right over just being a good person. Um, I guess he never thought that was an option. Which makes him extremely difficult. Yeah. It's a it's a tough book. And I, I don't think you're supposed to come out with, with any concrete opinion on Mr. B other than he, he decides to become a better person for mm-hmm. her sake. Um, and, you know, there's this whole, like, moral end. The last, like, chapter of the book is, is Samuel Richardson just being like, okay, here's a breakdown of the characters, and here's what they learned, and here's how bad they acted. It's just like, oh, okay, I don't care about that. But I think, you know, like, Samuel Richardson says that, like, the point of Mr. B's character is that he was a, a good man turned wicked by his passions who then, you know, finds virtue once more through being thwarted by this young woman who knows her mind. Um, and, yeah... I, I guess, but I, I think there's a lot to say about class, and there's a lot to say about power in Mr. B's character, and there's a lot to say about masculinity and, you know, how fragile yeah, and how, it is and what it feels it is. And owed. also, like, what he was just taught to, to, to do, or what taught mm-hmm. to know and feel. Mm-hmm. It, oh. And how he has so little understanding of how of how that would have affected Pamela. Even even after they are legitimately married, Pamela suffers under the assumption that people, you know, like his, when his sister comes, she calls her a slut. She says all these things, right? And she doesn't say, I can't believe, you know, my my brother would, would, would hurt this poor lady. Even though people point out that they're like, hey, this is the case, and he's this is a sham marriage, or it's not a marriage at all, you know? Um, you should feel so sorry for Pamela. Like his her lady's maid says that. She's like, shouldn't you pity her? And she's like... Yeah, but I'm too pissed. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. Uh, I'm obsessed with this book, Dave. I'm obsessed with it. Oh, I don't... I don't know how to feel right now. I have a lot of mixed emotions. Yeah. Yeah. See, what I'm saying is, like, the the assumption, like, the, the summaries, right, of, of this book really downplay the actual, like, tenor of the book, which is that it's a very fraught very class conscious very subversive novel yeah. it's not just about a girl who wins a man by being so pure and her reward for being so pure in the face of adversity is that she gets a good marriage like you could almost argue that the book is about mr b and his character growth you know and him going yeah. from just sort of this typical higher lord who gets what he wants and doesn't really know how to act like a human being because that's not mm-hmm. how he was raised or taught to be Mm-hmm. To being someone who's like, all right, I, I can understand what you did, sort of, and mm-hmm. okay, you're not the greatest guy, but you've got some, you got a little bit of hard gold in you, a little bit. So he also, the last like third of the book is about him basically teaching Pamela that like, hey, you're my wife now, and by God, I'm going to show you how much value you have to the world, and he goes out of his way again and again and again to be like 
Never again are you to fall to your knees in supplication to me or to anyone else. Never again are you to bite your tongue when someone is being bad to you. Never again are you to be beaten. Never again are you to serve another person unless you choose to do so. Like, he wow. he, he really flips a 180. And it, I think it is in that portion of the book where you, you forgive Mr. B because it's clear that he has kind of always felt this way about Pamela. And mm-hmm. he, he, he did a lot of really bad stuff. But he's very clearly always felt that Pamela is worth so much Mm -hmm. to him and he loves her so much that like he can't bear to see her in distress he can't bear to see her you know look down upon by anyone he's like no you're my wife and you're gonna wear the nicest clothes you're gonna you're gonna be the top of society i don't give a shit what anybody says i love you too much he calls her his life his his nickname for her is his life wow life um and um i have Let's see, I, I uh, labeled his, his love letter. Man, even though Pamela is sort of this badass woman, it seems like Mr. B is the most complex character in the book. Yeah. Yeah, Mr. B is really tough. It's, and you know what? Good. Like, I want, I want this to be difficult. I like that it's difficult to wrap your head around Mr. B. And, like, you don't know if you should forgive him or not. And, and, you know, honestly, that's up to you. I'm not saying you should one way or the other. I think that there's a lot to be said about not forgiving him, right? Because he did yeah. a lot of really bad stuff. However, Samuel Richardson so clearly is a master of psychology and y- – yeah, it's it's a thorny bramble that you enter in when you get deep into human nature. And this man is clearly, you know, a difficult and contradictory person, just as Pamela is in her own ways, just as Mrs. Jukes is, just as her parents are. Um, yeah, it's I, tough. It's tough, and it's supposed to be. I'm, I'm really impressed at the author right now. That, like, not... Okay. So, okay... In vain, my Pamela, do I find it to struggle against my affection for you. I must needs, after you were gone, venture to entertain myself with your journal, because he forced her to leave her journal because he wanted to read her writing. Um, When I found uh, Mrs. Jukes' bad usage of you after your dreadful temptations and hurts, and particularly your generous concern for me on hearing how I narrowly escaped drowning. Um, He he almost (laughs) drowned at one point. Uh, Though, it's it's just a side note in the book. He's like on a hunting thing, and she hears that he almost drowns. Whatever. Um, in parentheses, he says, though my death would have been your freedom and I had made it your interest to wish it and your most agreeable confession in another place that notwithstanding all my hard usage of you, you could not hate me. And that expressed in so sweet, so soft and so innocent a manner that I flatter myself, you may be brought to love me. Uh, I began to repent my parting with you, but God is my witness for no unlawful end, as you could call it, but by the very contrary, and the rather, as all this was improved in your favor, by your behavior at leaving my house, for, oh, that melodious voice praying for me at your departure, and thanking me for my rebuke to Mrs. Jukes, uh, still hangs upon my ears and delights my memory, and though I went to bed, I could not rest. But about two got up and made Thomas get one of the best horses ready in order to set out to overtake you. Um, so basically, he's like, I read your journals and I, I saw that you don't hate me. Um, Maybe you could love me? God, please, please come back. <laughs> Yes, yeah, it sounds like he's like, if you couldn't hate me, maybe that means you may love you. You have the ability to love me. 
pretty much. Uh, and he just, he goes on that way. You cannot imagine the obligation your return will lay me to under your goodness. And yet, if you will not so far favor me, you shall be under no restraint, as you will see by my letter enclosed, which I have not sealed, that you may read it. But spare me, my dearest girl, the confusion of following you to your father's, which I must do if you persist to go on, for I find I cannot live a day without you. Wow. It's good. 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 Um, and he and he he treats her like that for the rest of the book. He 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 dotes on her. He only gets angry at her once, and that's when she kind of. He's so angry at his sister for how badly he treats Pamela. She treats Pamela that um she basically is like, please, I don't want to cause a rift between you. Like that's your sister. Like if you're gonna be mad at somebody, like be mad at me because I can t- I'll take it. And he takes great offense to that because he's like, my displeasure should be the only thing you do not want in the world. <laughs> like. It should be, if I'm mad at you, it should, he, it's a very, like, 1740 thing to be like, your husband's displeasure should be the worst thing to ever happen to you. How dare you volunteer for that? Like, it's not, like, it doesn't mean anything to you. So he gets super, super pissed. But he basically tells her, he's like, the only reason I was mad at you is because you caught me when I was extremely upset. Um, and so he tells her, he's like, if you ever see me like that again, don't come near me. Let, Just me, let me cool Please, down. I don't want to upset you. I don't want to say anything that would hurt you because you are almost never in fault for anything. So, like, just, if you see me, just please. Um, so, that's all we tell. But, yeah, he, he, he loves her very much. And they live, yeah. they live happily ever after. And he hires back all the servants, by the way, that he fired. Because she's like, please. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh. And that's the book. That's Pamela. Um, obviously, I left out a ton. But, yeah, that's the book. Wow. I. Okay. I was already sort of impressed. Mm-hmm. I didn't say this on air last time, but I told Abigail afterward mm-hmm. that, okay, I'm not 100% convinced yet, but nearly there on why this book could be better than Pride and Prejudice. Mm-hmm. And, you know, obviously I think there's still a little withholding because I need to, I think I want to listen to it myself first before I can officially make that judgment because that just sounds wrong. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's fair. Oh my god, the the amount I I, I, I literally can't get the words. Yeah. 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 It's very affecting. I mean it's very I think you're you're so invested in in a good outcome, right? Like you're because it feels at so many points that like how could this possibly work yeah. out? Even knowing how it yeah, ends, from, right? Like how could this possibly work out? From a storytelling po- standpoint, yeah, this was a good story. You want you want Mr. B to, to be the good guy in the end and and you feel a little rewarded for that and be like, okay, that was just yeah. some messiness. And I think that a part of that too is because for the la- for at least for me for the last like half of the book, I kept expecting him to show that he was lying or he was doing something. He was gonna let me down, but he never did. So in that way, the reader is in Pamela's shoes because Pamela, to a certain extent, is also just waiting mm-hmm. for the shoe to drop, right? She's just waiting for him to, to show his true colors, that the marriage was a sham, that, like, he's not going to show her to his friends, that he, you know, all this stuff. He's going to shame her, um, that he really did just want to sleep with her. And he never does. And so in the way that her, quote-unquote, virtue is rewarded, I think the reader's faith in Mr. B, once he gives his his oath that this is true and real and you just have to trust him you are yourself the reader rewarded for trusting him 
Um, which is a whole psychology that I can't <laughs> unpack, but I freaking, I yeah, love it. And then, you know, and then going back to, like, what we talked about a lot in the last episode, the, the just mm-hmm. social and historical context of this book, it, mm-hmm. you know, Mr. Darcy was such a remarkable character in Pride and Prejudice because he was the good guy, right? You know, he was a person of money mm-hmm. and, you know, he did stumble a little bit, but it, when you find out the actions later, you're like, oh. He was a good guy all along. Yeah, it's fine. And then he he keeps being a good guy, and you're like, oh, how cute when they end up together. And, you know, um, it's, you know, the heroine is is this sort of talk her, speak her mind, very witty person. So it's, you know, Mm -hmm. you get that sort of, oh, women are more than just housemakers and, and human breeders, right? Yeah. And, but this book does that almost on another level because you know Pamela is such a great character and the mm-hmm. fact that he not only writes this character of Pamela as this woman who's you know just super self-assured you know just keeps the control in her you know always tries to keep control has a really witty mind sharp remarks for everything mm-hmm. he also writes a really complex character for Mr. B you know it's he's not just mm-hmm. a bad guy he's not just a good guy and mm-hmm. the fact that he lets you know the readers see that yeah being a man in that time is it, a very complex and sticky situation there's a lot that you have to unlearn when you start realizing this stuff and a lot of people wouldn't have unlearned it it just kept mm-hmm. perpetuating and oh there's a point you know t- to that end that this unlearning right um several times after they're married they're hanging out with like his friends and his neighbors you know the genteel folk and the men remark on how how kind he is to his wife and how happy they both are and they they all say that like half jokingly that um they they need to change their behavior with their wives uh in his example um which is very telling uh and it's noted like the there's when i say that there are some lists towards the last 25 percent of the book i think it it, it slows down a lot and if you know when i do my rewrite i think i'm gonna cut a lot of that out (laughs) because there's a lot of like moralizing about like okay now that they're married um they here's what you know here's what being a good wife is here's what being a good husband is here's you know here's what not to do and there's a lot of like she literally makes a list of like 40 things that he mentions that he wants in a wife Mm. um and it's not nearly so tedious it's like it's a lot of times like she should speak her mind when he's wrong but like if he's really set on it you know just kind of let him do his thing because it you know he's gonna do it anyway right um like very practical advice some of it was very sexist but the vast majority of it really was pretty non-offensive um but it definitely like he even says that mr b like one of his main things is he's like i believe now firmly 100 percent that the only way to a happy marriage is to love your wife before you get married um like you have to love your spouse it had never i never thought that i would no one in my position usually does really cares he talks about how like you know when i thought about marrying before i thought you know financials and then position and then way 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 below that was like do i care about this person um and he's and he he says at the end of the book he's like there's nothing more important um and that's why everyone around me is miserable and i'm not 
Which is such a radical thing to say at that time. It's a very subversive book. And it was even more subversive before he did his edits where Pamela wasn't of a, like, low-slung but still kind of genteel family. Like, a family that had hit really hard times but wasn't the poorest of the poor, right? Um, it, it was it was super subversive then. It was sub- really subversive when she talked with much more of a... Um, like she had a much more working class accent at first like the, the language she used was much more working class people got a little bit upset about that so he changed that but even with those changes this book is extremely subversive it's very subversive in terms of class in terms of sexism in terms of like like a woman's place in the world and you know how wrong it is to have so little power and how subject to the whims of men's power women are and i just i'm I, I could do a whole podcast on this book like <laughs> honest to god like again if you if you're a pamela scholar hit me up because ugh, delicious love it yeah i i i'm i'm very excited to to dive into this audio version of the book with this live cast mm-hmm. and excited for when the day that your patreon is up and running and we get that mm-hmm. final copy of the book that's been rewritten yeah. Yeah, if you want to see some a tiny little bit of fan arts that I did, it's on my Twitter account. I did a drawing of Mr. V, and I did a drawing of Pamela <laughs> the other night while I was listening to the audiobook. Mr. V is very handsome. If he he also does look like an asshole. Um, I, f- I feel like he would be one of those like really pretty boys, that rich pretty boys that you know. Oh, I made him extremely pretty. Hold on, let me pull it up for you. I want to see this. Oh, see, see, that's a chiseled jawline there. It's very chiseled. You gave him big old cheekbones too. But yeah, it's on it's on my Twitter. I'll be okay going. But yeah, I he, I can't wait. I'm very excited. I I I can't write it right now <laughs> because of everything that I'm doing at the moment. Um, I calculated how many hours I've been spending on the podcast a week, and it's something like sixty to seventy five hours a week on the podcast, um, plus editing my my novel and all that stuff. Um, and writing the, the next one. Anyway. She is a very uh, busy, busy so. woman, you guys. I'm a little strung out, working seven days a week. <laughs> um, but it's all good. It's all good stuff. All very fun. So, you know, if you do if you do want that, uh, definitely, 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 um, you know, ask for it. Follow me on Twitter. Uh, tell your friends to listen. Uh, promote it on your social media accounts. Do whatever. Boost up this podcast. Yeah, tell your friends. You know, I, I like I said before, I just want to create a community, and um, if I can support myself doing that, then that's great. If I can't, uh, at least I'll make some friends. So uh, it doesn't really matter to me as long as I get to share the enthusiasm. Um, so Jessica, thank you for listening to my tale. Very excited about that. <laughs> so much fun. So much fun. Uh, I'm glad you enjoyed it. Uh, do you have any parting thoughts? Any anything you want to plug? Any any statements you want to make about Pamela at the very end here? Oh, is there a link to the specific audiobook that you recommended for everyone? Um, you should put that audiobook I, down there. Yeah, I will put it on there. So it's technically I'm I read the free copy of Pamela that Amazon offers. So since it's open domain, you can read it for free. There's also PDFs everywhere. However, um, the, the version that I listened to, if you go to that free version on Amazon, 
they will give you like an option to like do an audible subscription or like do you want to try like an audio like you get your first free audio book or whatever and if you've got that available if you haven't used that on anything else you can use that because that is attached to that copy so you can just click on there it's all on the same page gotcha but i'll, I'll put the link to that in the description like i do with everything else no i don't think i have any pluggables this time except you know i'm gonna do it the same time because we still need people to be wearing their masks this pandemic's not yeah. going anywhere. No, it's gonna be a year very soon. We're 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 quickly approaching that. January. We're yeah, almost gonna... halfway through January. Man, I'm planning I'm planning podcast episodes into March, and I was like, oh, there's March seventeenth. Oh. We went into lockdown. <laughs> cool. 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 Um. Oh. So yeah, everyone, be cool. Okay. Wow. If you don't have anything I'm else, good. Jessica, I will do my plugs. Although I've been <laughs> since like starting this episode, uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Kingdom Thirst. Uh, you can follow me on Instagram, Kingdom Thirst, Facebook, Kingdom Thirst. All of the links are in the description. Um, you can send me an email, please do, at kingdomofthirst at gmail.com. Or if you're uncomfortable using that for whatever reason, you can go to our website, kingdomofthirst.com. We have a like little form that you can submit if you want to send me a comment or whatever. Love to hear from you super super love it makes my day um if you have any recommendations for books if you have any if you've read pamela let me know <laughs> i want to hear your thoughts even if they're totally different from mine even if you hated it let me know I, I i love to hear differing opinions um especially on a book that could is very divisive uh in a lot of ways um or at least it would be if more <laughs> people read it um <laughs> But but that's good. We should we should talk about this stuff, especially in the romance novel industry, because it has it has everything. It has all the things that we're still talking Pretty about much. today. Um, uh, you can pick up all the books featured on this podcast, along with books that I recommend that are non-romance related, just the stuff I like to read uh, on the side when I have a, a <laughs> minute. Um, uh, at our bookshop.org account which will be linked in the description but you can also just find it at bookshop.org slash shop slash kingdom of thirst um, follow me on whatever Abigail K. Kelly you know where to find me you know who I am um, that's about it um, yeah like I said to, to, to belabor the point if you want me to do a Patreon uh, spread, the, spread the word because that's the only way it'll <laughs> make sense to do it. Um, so in, in time and money investment. So, uh, yeah. Uh, I will talk to all of you, whether you like it or not, soon. Goodbye. And Jessica. Yeah, goodbye. Thank you for being on, Jessica. I love you very much. Thank now you. I need to go find Pamela. Now you need to go, we all need to go find Pamela. We gotta find <laughs> Pamela in our hearts and in our bookstores, okay? Request Pamela. Okay, all right. Okay, goodbye. <laughs>